Hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is your host, Severin Henderson, back again for the new year, 2022, with another episode of Department 3C Presents a Podcast Connected to Fire. Um, Today, I have the opportunity to speak with the Black Fire Brigade. This is one of the podcasts I've been trying to get for a while. And actually, the last time I was tutoring, principal came up to me and said can we be on your podcast i said i've been wanting that forever like what do you mean we can do it right now i was about to go get my bag out the car and set up studio in the in the firehouse and everything she said no we'll come we'll come through i'll bring some students we'll make it real good um the only part the only person we're missing is lieutenant quentin curtis he had a um family emergency that he had to tend to um, he's been a busy man all around. We've had some funerals going on, three to be exact. Um, just having to be everywhere all the time. It's just been a hectic time for the CFD as a whole, for him as a person, for the Black Fire Brigade as an assist. Just like I said, everybody's had a rough time to start the year so far. But we're going to get this year on track. We're going to get it going. We're going to think positive. We're going to have everything going in the right direction because that's what we all about, optimism. So without me talking that much longer, I'm going to introduce the principal. And then we have two students here from the Black Fire Brigade. So Terry, Miss Winston, can you please introduce yourself? Good morning. My name is Terry Winston, and I am a principal at the Black Fire Brigade. Black Fire Brigade is an organization that was started by Lieutenant Curtis June 2018 with the mission of preparing young black men and women to enter the EMS service. Lieutenant Curtis has 34 years on the fire department with anticipation of retiring this year. And his goal and objective was to leave a legacy of 500 young men and women on the field behind him, carrying on his legacy. So he goes out into the community. He recruits black men and women ages 18 to 40. And he's um, prepared them for the fire department. And the first step is becoming an EMT, emergency medical technician. It's either a 13-week or four-month program. He recruits them. He prepares them. He pays their tuition. He mentors them, as well as tutoring every Sunday. He believes in if they can see representation, they can be representation. And being able to get black firefighters, females, and black firemen in the vision of these young men and women they will be our future. And we're excited. We put over 420 children through the program, not children, young men and women. They're children to us. <laughs> 420 young men and women through the program. And they continue their mission and go on to the fire academy as well as paramedic school. And this is just a huge accomplishment for us. It's the only program in the country. And we're really excited just to be here with you today to talk about the program. Well, thank you. Like I said, I've been wanting this to happen for a long, long time. Um, I don't even remember when I started this podcast, but I know when I did, this was one of the first group of people that I wanted to come on here was the Black Fire Brigade. And now not only do I have just the Black Fire Brigade, but we have students that graduated and have gone on to do great things in the career. So without any further ado from that angle as well, I would like to introduce Javar Murphy, a graduate of the Black Fire Brigade. Um, Javar, I told, told him your name, but introduce yourself and let us know a bit more about you. Um, my name is, uh, like I said, Javar Murphy. I'm a graduate from the Black Fire Brigade. I'm a national uh, paramedic. I recently passed it in REMT. Congratulations. Most great. Appreciate it. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I also, um, prior to that, I received my EMT license as well. Um, and now I'm trying to get into the, like, like uh, Terry um, mentioned, I'm trying to get into the fire department. Okay, cool. So tell me a little bit more. Let's deep dive a bit more into you. Before you came across the Black Fire Brigade, what were you doing? What were you up to? All of that fun stuff. 
uh, be- before I stumbled across the Black Fire Brigade, um, I wasn't doing much of anything. I was working to survive. Um, okay. And I was going through uh, various things in my life to a point where I actually um, fell into homelessness. Um, so from that period of time, I actually, uh, that, that was kind of the turning point where I decided to get my EMT license. So I, I kind of went through that program. Uh, of ascertaining my EMT license while I was actually sleeping in my car. So, okay, now that is just phenomenal. That's awesome. I remember um, Q was talking about that the other day when I was at the brigade, and he was pitching that to the students, just telling them just not a whole lot, but just saying we had a student go from homeless to now he's doing things. I didn't know it was you, and. I teased you when you came in here because you flying fresh to death. You gotta take this picture. I'm definitely gonna put this picture up. You look like a GQ model, like for real, for real. But um But I wanna intercept. Okay, go ahead. Because when we were there that Sunday and Q mentioned the young man, he told everyone else he has high expectations for you. You have no excuse. If this young man went through the EMT program, fire academy program, paramedic program, not the entire program homeless, but he fought Any to make part of this it. happen. <laughs> yeah. And he has those three levels of certification. He expects nothing more than you to get your national exam. Yeah, that's that's one thousand percent true. It's that it's it's no excuse when you have someone, especially their own age, to look at and say, "Hey, this dude had had it worse off than what I may have going on." And even if you do have it worse, we have solutions for that too. We have. I say we because I tutor and help out, but we <laughs> um, we just have, we have so many options and opportunities to help these young people that they don't even know about. And, you know, all too often people, it's not even, it's not that they're scared to ask. They don't even know what questions to ask. So yes. it, it all just starts with a conversation. And once we get to talking, once we get to figuring things out, we can go from there. Um, Javar, so like I said, fly, fresh to death. Now I see why, because you got to stay like that to, to, to stick off your mind thinking about the homelessness thing. So just tell me a little bit more about that struggle, because that is like a real deal situation as far as, you know, saying I'm in a car to I'm about to do something and get it going. Um, Really, it was it was it was. It was kind of like uh, when they when people speak about crossroads. Um, mm-hmm. I had been working previously, going from job to job. Um, I've had I've held some pretty um, prestigious jobs. Um, I was an assistant branch manager at one point um, for Armored Trucking Company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I wasn't unaccustomed to working hard. That wasn't something that was new to me. Um, but doing something that I enjoyed doing, that I had a passion for doing, um, that was new. So the it was really just a crossroad and de- a decision to go ahead and try to fulfill that. At this point, it was to me it was either now or never. Right. Um, so at that point, I, I literally had nothing else to lose. So now was a good time to go ahead and try to do that. Okay. Um, as far as the the, the difficulty, it, it, as you can imagine, it, um, uh, there was more days that was difficult than others. Um, probably thought about quitting all the way up until graduation day. Um, like I said, it, it was really just a crossroad. It was an understanding that consistency beats out a lot of things, uh, particularly failure. Um, if you just continue and strive and be consistent at something, more than likely you'll achieve it. Right. Um, so that was, that, was, that was pretty much uh, my thought process behind it, was just take it one day at a time, try to learn as much as I can, try to focus as best as I can, uh, and just pick up the information that was, that was easy for me, try to do that a little bit faster. And then things that um, were, were a struggle was just, consistently just 
you know, putting it in my mind frame, I had all day to think about it. So yeah, at the class, so um, that that part wasn't wasn't too much tough of a decision. So it was, it was just pretty much like a, like I said, just just a consistency in the want and the will. Okay, well, I like it. I'm with that. Severin, I have something to say about your art. Sure. So he went through the MT program. He jumped into the paramedic program. Yep. Okay. He completed the paramedic program. And out of nowhere, he signed up for the fire academy program. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, dude, you didn't take the paramedic exam. Like, what are you doing? You're going to forget all of that information. And I personally know that that exam is hard. Yes. He said, I got this. It's like, you got this. You need to go back and take that exam. You're going to forget everything you learned. <laughs> but he said, no, 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 we got this. We got this. So he went through the fire academy. Now I'm looking at him like, mm-hmm, we went to the graduation. What about that paramedic license? Mm-hmm. That's what I want you to have. Because we know that starting rate for a paramedic is $72,000 a year. He said, I got this. Do you know he turned around? Less than two to three weeks after he completed the fire academy, went back, and he passed the national exam for the paramedic program on the first try. Oh, my, yeah. Like you said, I know for a fact that that test is no joke and that is hard. It's hard. So, you know, that's just an attestment to who he is when he decided that he wanted something. And then the role models that we have, you, Lieutenant Curtis, Chief Williams, and then the other BFB students, we can achieve anything if we come together collectively. Yep. That's, so that's, my hat's that's off what we to always, you, sir. Yep, absolutely. That's what we always tell the students. You know, we say you, you have examples. You have people that you can talk to. And I equate learning, especially EMT, to learning a new language. It's like you really got to sit down and learn a new, new language. Um, paramedic, I know from experience that test, I didn't pass it the first try. I had uh, hoops and hurdles to go through to get to get my paramedic license. And now that I got it, I don't want to let it go at all. And I encourage you to do the same. So um, we're going we're gonna to come back around, talk about some more happy stuff. But I do want to introduce our third guest, our second student that we brought here. Jabray Carter got it right. Yes. Um, is another graduate of the Black Fire Brigade program. And Jabray is going to tell you a bit more about himself other than just he's a graduate. So, Jabray, nice to meet you. Happy to have you here. Um, thanks for having me on. I want to start off by saying uh, everything that I just learned about Jabray, I didn't know. Uh, that's very impressive. I got to network with him a little bit more um, because I'm following those same steps. Um, I want to start off by saying I'm 23 years I'm 23 years old. I'm an um, EMTB, currently in paramedic school, and I work in an emergency room at UI Health. Um, <clears throat> I started with the Black Fire Brigade back in 2019. Um, I actually went to the first responders course by myself at Malcolm X College, where I had met some of the Black Fire Brigade students there. Uh, specifically this guy named Nico Riley. Mm -hmm. He was telling me a little bit about the Black Fire Brigade, and then he introduced me to Q. And at, for, at first, I thought it was just like a mentor program, and I'm like, um, I don't really, you know, need another mentor. I ain't this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I thought they would, yeah. may have been, like, charging, and at that time, I couldn't afford anything. But then when he deeply explained it to me, like, it's not just a mentor program. It's like a second family. You don't got to pay for nothing. Just come to one tutoring session. And then that's when I went to the tutoring session and then met Terry and then they got me with the Lifeline Ambulance Academy mm -hmm. for free. Um, and then every, every since then it's just been up. Now I'm in a Malcolm X paramedic program because of Terry. And I honestly could say I'd have, I, I didn't have to come out of my pocket a dollar um, to do anything that I do with the Black Fire Brigade. And all they do is just ask us to like, return a favor to the next upcoming students. Um, so that's what I've been doing, like mentoring the other EMT students and stuff like that. Yeah, all that I am, uh, oh, just remember that. You keep that up. You keep going with that. Um, for myself, that was the first speech I heard when I walked into my first volunteer uh, part-time fire, fire department. Uh, my chief, I talk about him very finely, and I talk about him a lot. Um, chief Lloyd Knowles, he did the exact same thing for me. I got to go to EMT school for free. Um, he 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 
just sent me. I came up there, I hung out, sent me to EMT school. Um, paramedic school was on me, but little did I know, I earned a um, scholarship from high school. So when I went to sign up, they said, oh, you got some free money here. I said, what? And got in paramedic school with that. So all too often in the fire department, we say, if it's free, it's for me. And that's just because we want extra stuff. But <laughs> with this situation, with you guys, you didn't just say, if it's free, it's for me. If it's free, I'm going to take this and do something with it. Because that's the part that I love and appreciate is that you didn't just take a free opportunity and blow it and waste it and say, oh, it's whatever. They gave it to me. I'll see you later. You actually put in time and work. And you kind of skipped ahead what I was going to ask you to because you're in paramedic school. He finished paramedic school. I was going to ask, um, Javar, did you have any advice for our other comrade here? I, I can't say the names close together like that. Javar, <laughs> you're my biggest advice would just be um don't get down on yourself and don't and don't allow yourself to quit um learning the, all of this information especially coming uh if you're not if you're not used to being around that uh information some people are first generation or second generation um in, in various fields of medicine so they might have been exposed to that that type of uh the terminologies and, uh, and and things of that nature, but if this is truly new for you, don't get down on yourself if you if it's tough to get it. It's difficult. It's all difficult information to me. Um, like I was just saying, it, it's just about consistency um, and finding what works for you. Uh, fortunately for me, I, I've been through a little bit of schooling and and <clears throat> just different periods of trying to to gain information. So I kind of know what works for me in, in terms of uh, retaining the information. Um, I'm real bi I'm real big on books, on, on words. I, I can read a book. I can and, and extrapolate a lot of the information out of it um, just simply from reading it. But there's other parts in it that I, I, I needed visuals. Um, YouTube was a, a big help for me. Um, Anything I, I I would type in anything that I, I I didn't know and then put dummy at the end of it. For me. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, how, that's how serious it was for me. Because like, at at the point I, I didn't care um, that other people understood the information. I didn't care when you know um, the instructor was like everybody understands that and nobody would say anything and then I'd just look around and be like me I I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm that guy and everybody be looking around at me. It might have been something simple, but for me it was it was going over my head and I would ask the question and ask the question to the point where she would just say, Well, just come to me after class. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Believe me, somebody else had them questions too. It's just all too often people don't want to be the person to ask. Mm, absolutely. Seven, before yes. we get too far off track, okay. I would like Mr. Duray to tell you why he's so passionate about becoming a first responder because he has a personal story that made national news. Oh, you got a story? Yeah, yeah hit, me, hit us with it. Um, so back in 2019, while I was in EMT school, um, I had a little experience as being a first responder. So I thought, of course, my family think, you know, medical person. So mm -hmm. um, my grandfather had, unfortunately, he had passed away uh, with CFD. Um, the building manager had called <clears throat> For a person for an unknown cause of a man down. Mm -hmm. They get there. The paramedics enter the room. One paramedic enter the room. They was in there less than one minute. They said they assessed him. They said they found him face down in the pool of blood. And they said he has been dead. They pronounced him dead. Um, they called my family. I went there maybe like three or four hours later. I went to see him one more time before like the funeral home got there. Mm -hmm. uh, when I walked in the apartment, me and my friend, we went in there. My grandfather wasn't dead. He was moaning and groaning. He was reaching for us. And I told him, because it was me and one of my friends was in the room at, at that time, and I had told her, like, 
check for a pulse. We both first responders. He, we might have to do CPR or something like that. So mm-hmm. I told her to check for a carotid pulse. She checked for a pulse. He said he's still alive. And at that time, I'm looking from the door. I'm kind of scared. And he reaching for her, grabbing for her. And she was crying. She just keeps saying, call 911, call 911. So I call 911. I'm arguing with the dispatcher. He keep asking me for like a police report number. And I'm just like, dude, get somebody here. Yeah. My grandfather's not dead. Yeah. And, um, that's when the police said took over the dis- the police dispatcher took over and said we sent a help we need that police report number, gave them the police report number, um, the ambulance came I remember the fire truck pulled up first in the ambulance I told them what was going on met them downstairs I'm like look I'm an EMT student my grandfather's not dead they pronounced him dead earlier, <clears throat> and then <clears throat> they um they was like yeah okay we'll go check it out they didn't take a bag up they didn't take a stretch up nothing. Um, so they got up there They checked him Flipped him on his back Seeing that he was still alive They had sent another couple guys downstairs To get uh, the monitor and a stretcher and everything Hooked mm-hmm. him up to the monitor He very much well had a, a rhythm on the monitor They put him on a stretcher Put him on an hour breathing Got him into the back of the ambulance um, Then they took him to the hospital Two days later he was on life support and we pulled the plug because we didn't want to keep suffering. The doctor said that maybe if he would have got there a little earlier, he could have survived. Mm. So that's what pers- like persuaded me more to become a paramedic and a first responder for the city of Chicago. So that won't happen to nobody else. That is real. I don't have... I shouldn't be at a loss for words in a podcast, but I just have... I'm, I I don't know what to say. I'm so first of all, I'm really so 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 sorry to hear that that happened to you. I do remember that case, and again, I didn't know that that was you that that happened to. Yeah. Um, just like the, the our other situation, our other story. But like I said, first of all, I'm so so sorry that happened to you. That is terrible. That's heart wrenching. That's heartbreaking. Just all the words um, used to describe that situation because, you know, sometimes people don't expect someone to actually, when they know what they're talking about, come in and say, hey, I don't Mm -hmm. think this is quite right. You know, people, they try and get one past you or slip one past and and I don't know who did that. I don't want to know for the sake of this podcast or for the sake of myself, but that's not cool. That's not what's up. And on behalf of CFD, I can say for a fact that the majority of members aren't that way. Um, like, especially our paramedics, they they really, really care about people and they go above and beyond in a lot of situations. They get destroyed out there on the streets. Um, and they don't that's that's not really them. So that was an anomaly of a situation and I apologize for that happening to you. Thank you. But well, I'm excited he's in the program. Well that's what I was he's just about to say. Making a difference. You know, he's reaching back, helping other EMTs, making sure study sessions that they're on point. Right. Well, that's why I that's why I said I know you guys, but I don't like know you guys because they they are up there. They still come back when they got the time to kind of help and talk to the new students. I was gonna call them kids too. I to still call them kids, <laughs> but um, they they talk to the students. They teach them. They help them along. They they really are giving back. And the fact that you want to get on CFD to so that won't never happen to nobody. I love that. That's amazing. That's. That's the kind of people we need in this service all the way around. Um, and not just the fire service or the paramedic service, but in the police service as well. So I'd like to cover um, all three realms of first response, um, police department, fire department, paramedic, just because I've had experience and done all three. And the thing, like I said, it's, that's an anomaly of a situation, especially for the people we have work here. I know with other jobs, um, you know, I don't want to bomb on anybody, but that's more likely to happen. But with with those people, that that really that's that's a rarity. So, um, 
and and the giving back portion is what's up. You you have some? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just wanted to say um, I didn't know that about you, Jabray, and that was that was that's very uh, that's inspiring. Um, and I I think it's a it's a commonality that a lot of people um, like us share. Uh, a lot of black people, unfortunately, we we share a, a certain trauma, and out of that trauma, we always try to. Uh, grab hold of something where we can control it a little bit better for the next time. And as you were speaking about policing and, and fire and, and medics, um, I think that I think there there's a majority of young young people out there that would like to do those type of things. They just don't. <clears throat> they're not necessarily aware of the avenues or the process of getting there. Um, so they, you know, um, unfortunately we, you, you see them turn to things that aren't necessarily conducive or, or, um, you know, they it might even be illegal, um, but they seem to try to take hold of or control what they, the, the trauma that they've experienced. They try to take it into their own hands. So I, I think I, I really enjoy this program, um, and the organization Black Fire Brigade because it gives them an opportunity um, to take it, take some type of control in their own hands in a more positive manner. Now, um, I, I appreciate you saying that. The thing that first popped to my mind was you said as minorities what ends up happening. For our entire existence in this country, we've been taking lemons and turning them into lemonade, like just... Anything that we have and anything we're able to use, we make something of it. Um, I was talking to a good friend of mine. He was talking about where inoculation for smallpox came from, and it came from the slaves um, taking just a small amount of smallpox from somebody else that got sick and pus, put it under their skin. You know that from medical school, what that's called that's a, another way we administer some of the drugs that we administer and that would inoculate the person and say and they went on to save like a lot of people it just was talking about how the fact that we have the shot and corona stuff going on now and it just kind of parallels to that but that was black people that figured that out and that was minorities that figured that out and like i said took this crap and turned it into a nice situation <laughs> They just turned it into something better. So, And then I want to say something what Gerard just said. With um, Lieutenant Q, I love the brotherhood and sisterhood that you all have on the Chicago Fire Department, that he was able to come to you all and say, hey, we have this opportunity. Let's become role models and mentors to young men and women in the streets of Chicago. If we teach them to save a life, they'll be less likely to take a life. Are you like jumping in my head? Because I literally wrote that down to talk serious? to you right now. That was where I was going to. Okay, so they're less likely. So right now we see a lot of violence on the streets of Chicago. You're going to see a new direction that Q is going to take when he's mentoring his program. He is so inspired by the young men and women that come and sit down in the classroom to become mentees and learn this program. Because when he see you all in action, when he see your leadership, Javar is the very first one to pass the paramedic exam. That's impressive. That is. That we had somebody start from EMT to fire academy now. He's a paramedic. All three levels of certification ready to become a future firefighter, paramedic on the Chicago Fire Department. When we look at Jeffrey Downer, he takes on a leadership. He comes to the firehouse. We had um, four engagements this week. We had funerals that we had to attend. One of our former BFB students mm -hmm. passed. But Jeffrey was like, I got this. He recruited all the students to come back in, bring the uniform, and we all went and we honored honor guards and visit all the funerals. Mm -hmm. But he took on the leadership. He's driving a paramedics. You all have created an environment of becoming role models to them that they want to be like you. So they jumping at the chance right away. It's like, we ain't waiting for y'all to move out the way. <laughs> we going to step in right now. What do yeah. you want me to do, chief? What do you want me to do, boss? We got this. We got this. So 
I, as the administrative and the civilian, sit back, and when I see these young men, they don't get the news coverage that you see that the news broadcast covers every night. They are doing something. They're going to change our city. They're going to change our communities. Imagine, just right here, Javar qualifies right now to make a minimum of $72,000 a year. He told you he was homeless. Yep. He told you he was a branch manager, so he has some type of level of education. Absolutely. But now fire departments are calling us from all over the country trying to figure out how to get in touch with him yep. to bring them to their state. Yep. We're going to keep them here a little bit <laughs> a little, because yeah. we, you know, <laughs> we did this. But I'm just beyond impressed, and I'm just grateful that, you know, you would even put us on your podcast, even though you're part of the family, but put them on your podcast just to showcase greatness that's taking place in our communities. Absolutely. Hey, it's my pleasure and my honor. And I've been, ooh, 20-ish years I've been around <laughs> fire stuff and you said it's states calling you for him I remember back home in Ohio it's um very there were now it's not the case anymore very few black paramedics and there is a city um the suburb of Cleveland and they was they were like seeing you know what was going on even though that shouldn't be the case in the 2000s, but whatever. They were like, we need a black person. It's between you and you and me. I didn't. I went to paramedic school, but I hadn't passed a test. My buddy, we actually knew each other and grew up together. He, had, he was a couple years older than me. He's still there now to this day. Um, he took the... Um, he, he passed paramedic class. He worked in the city that I got hired in, so I kind of... It was kind of bump up, move up, because he went on to this other suburb... I went on to the suburb that he left the spot for me at. And for a time, I was the only black paramedic there, and he was the only black paramedic there. So, wow. I mean, like you said, places call looking for, you know, what they need going on. I mean, whether it's say, hey, we need women to diversify. Hey, we need black people to diversify. They put out calls to try and find people. So, You know, we had a win this week, 21-year-old. Um, his father is a captain out in Maywood, mm -hmm. but he was groomed from birth that he was going to be a firefighter. Yeah. And you know what I'm talking about, yes. groomed from birth. Yes. So we have a picture of this young man, three years old, on a fire truck, and his dad's putting a helmet on him. Mm -hmm. That means he's passing the torch. Mm -hmm. I want you to get that visual. Yeah. 21 years he put that vision into the making, mm -hmm. and it manifested this week. 21 years old, graduated from high school, an EMT, a firefighter, an instructor, and now he's a paramedic. Mm. Job well done, Dad. Yep. Job well done. But because of you all, and when I say you, black first responders, just being a role model, a mentor for somebody else's kids. We don't know these young men and women. No, they come through we, the door. <laughs> we we don't know them. They come through and we, we meet them. We give them our time. <laughs> yeah. We give them our energy and we pay their tuition and we stay on their behinds. Mm -hmm. But look, look at we look. We're sitting across the table today from greatness. This now, is our future. Now speaking of staying on people's behinds, because <laughs> these stories I've heard about the. The pit bull in the skirt that that when one of these kids do something wrong, you want them like white on rice. Is that the is that the case? Is that is yes yes, yes. okay Terry, yes give yes. it to me come on <laughs> Terry if you're not doing something in school if you if you if these people give you opportunities and you missing them Terry's gonna get on your behind because you're wasting her time <laughs> and Terry time is money Terry do not like to waste it. Uh -huh. <clears throat> If she if she telling you to apply for a fire academy, you're not doing nothing. You just an EMT you're sitting at home and not doing nothing. She's gonna get on your behind. She's gonna send you the application. She's gonna send these people your number. She's gonna have these people call you. She wants you to become a fire paramedic. I mean, she wants you to become a firefighter, a paramedic, and an EMT. She wants you to have all three certifications when you're done, even if you don't want them. She's giving them to you. Okay. <laughs> Terry, how do you have the time? Because, like, I text you and send you stuff, and then you respond, and then you send out advertisements <laughs> for other stuff. You're making graphics and visuals. You're shooting videos in here. you the, the, the head social media manager. You just, uh, for lack of a better term, I got the E. 
you are the shit. You are like awesome. <laughs> yeah. So pardon me for even in front of a woman, but it's like no other way to put it. You I'm just sure you are a, awesome. I'm sure there's about three of her somewhere. Right. You have like Tom Brady clones and all y'all in the crib and you just send one out a day to, to get it done. Okay, so let me tell you my secret. Number one, um, Lieutenant Curtis is my hero. I admire that young man that he can ride off into the sunset. He could have ridden off into the sunset years ago. Mm -hmm. But he decided that this was something that he wanted to do. And it's something that I could get behind. I love first responders. Anybody to put their life in danger to save me. I have nothing but the highest respect for you. So when he put this program together and he was like, I'm going to tell you this funny thing. June, um, January 2018, he said, we're going to start an organization. It's called the Black Fire Brigade. Make it happen. I said, what's a brigade? <laughs> he was like, go Google it, look it up on the Internet, make it happen. Look what we've done as a family in three years. Yeah. Approaching four. Yeah. When... I get to see your story when I get to see Nina's story. And I call you all by your first names oh, because I know I need to put some respect on those titles <laughs> because you are a rock star mm -hmm. in your own nature. Nah, you call me whatever except for late for dinner. So. <laughs> it's an honor to be able to serve you all. I get tired of looking at the news every night saying that, you know, the demise of the black community. Mm -hmm. I need people to see what we're really making happen. Mm -hmm. This is going back into the West Side. You know, the, our success stories go back into our communities. These young men and women will be buying homes. They will be starting business. They get to walk around in their uniforms. We get phone calls every day. My boy drives an ambulance, and I want to be like him. <laughs> All we're doing is creating role models on top of role models. So it's my pleasure and it's my honor to come up with creative and strategic ways to promote what it is that we do every day. Now, two things. There's two things we got to touch on. Um the one you already said it yourself um you know we live in a violent town violent city um it's always things on the news about how bad chicago is to me personally being from a whole nother place i'm more of a optimist and it's like unless you go looking for trouble trouble's not just running up on you but different people have different opinions what the brigade does is the the slogan um, is kind of, you know, you take a kid and you show them the opposite of violence, show them how to save a life so that they don't take a life. Where did that mantra or mindset kind of come from? I'm just going to touch on it briefly, and I'm going to save this for Lieutenant Q because he got something for this next podcast okay. that's going <laughs> to blow your mind. Okay. But um, Lieutenant Q, we call him just Q. Just Q, But yeah. I have to put some respect on that <laughs> title a little bit. But um, he's from Cabrini Green. Okay. He's seen his share of violence mm -hmm. from childhood throughout this career. Mm -hmm. You know, he has served in every major disaster in America, Hurricane mm. Katrina, 9-11, collapsed buildings, pulling people out of fires. He has more rescues than you can imagine. Mm -hmm. So knowing where he came from and he, all the knowledge that he has, mm -hmm. you're going to be amazed at the amount of certificates this young man is going to retire with. Mm -hmm. We got to learn to leave a legacy and pass this wisdom and knowledge to others mm. so he's you know one day driving in an ambulance pulled up on the west side jumped out on the corner it's a group of men there he said yo come here what you doing with your life oh what's up old man he was like somebody came by here and shot your boy what would you do mm -hmm. call 911 what you gonna do until 911 gets here okay oh uh, I don't know. He said, well, if I can show you how to save your friend's life until 911 gets here, will you be willing to learn? He said, take your belt off. He said, take this belt, apply it above or below wherever the gunshot is, apply pressure until 911 gets here. 
And he was like, man, who are you? Who are you? What you doing? What you doing? I want to be like you. Mm -hmm. Just taking time to go into an area you're, you deem not safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just talk to them. Yeah. Where can you go as a young man, 18 years old, and say, I want to be a police or firefighter? Not unless uh, uh, you know someone. I was just about to say, other than here, <laughs> not many places. So this is why he's doing this. When he's looking at the news, he was like, if we don't do something, mm -hmm. this is coming to your community. Mm -hmm. This is coming to your front door. Mm -hmm. you got to, you, you, you've deprived the community so much, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? They right. don't have a job. Yep. You're not letting them get financial aid to go to school. Mm -hmm. What do you want them to do? They have nothing. You have all of that. We got to do something about that. We got to bring some of that over back into our communities and bring them some jobs and give them some training. Again, I'm not bragging on you because I don't want all these young ladies calling you Javar. <laughs> But this young man qualifies to make a minimum of $72,000 a year <laughs> once he signs a job application. But that's just the start, right? The start. So, I mean, you know, $100,000, in the next five years, you will be a millionaire if you apply and invest your money wisely. And we're going to make sure we, we do that. Sure that. Because yep. Terry Winston, the pit bull in the skirt, <laughs> got you. We're not letting anybody run up on y'all, okay? Yeah, you you hitting them with the start number, which I love and appreciate. That's like, I tell that story again, $34,331.29. That's all I used to walk around saying because <laughs> that was what the hiring salary was for a Cleveland firefighter. And... Even though I didn't get that job, I went all over this country taking tests to get a fire job. So I know you want to be in Chicago. I'm with that. It's awesome. But we sometimes, you know, you can't necessarily know how the plan is going to go. Keep mm -hmm. taking them tests anywhere for any job. Q came in and told y'all the other day, I ain't going to tell the podcast because it's like a secret test. But um, that one police test... <laughs> That he was talking about, that sound like the dopest thing going. I wish I wasn't past the age to take it. I might go back and take that 72 K. <laughs> so we are learning the secrets and we're passing them on to these young men. And you know, one um we've had five save I don't I know that's not the correct term, but life um life rescues since we've been in existence in June twenty eighteen. We had one young lady had just completed the course. She was preparing to take her national exam, and that baby drowned at Rainbow Be Beach. Mm, mm -hmm. I remember that. Everyone yep. was screaming on the beach. What to do? Yep. She had a bikini on, mm -hmm. fresh out of EMT school, mm -hmm. and jumped into action mm -hmm. and saved that baby until Chicago Fire Department arrived. Yep. So the training that you know our students receive, it's just not the classroom. It's what they get on Sundays that's yeah. invaluable. When they get to call you and say, can I come hang out with you at the firehouse? And they got an open door policy and they can have lunch and dinner. We can't wait till COVID gets over with so oh, man. they can come in and hang out with you guys. And then have them cook for us, too, because some of them, I'm sure, are decent behind the stove. Okay. <laughs> now, speaking of Sundays, um, this was the other point I wanted to make sure we got to. Um we, like like you said, we have tutoring on Sundays, and all are welcome. Um, students, past, present, future, all the way around. I bring my kids, well, when COVID was going on, I used to bring my kids just so they could see what was going on. But we had the distinct pleasure of tutoring Mashaan Plummer, um, the oh, firefighter that just passed away. And like a lot of times just around the firehouse, anybody know this kid? Anybody know this kid? Well, of course, his instructors from the academy knew him. Um, his firehouse knew him. They had just made a year. But I knew him. You knew him because yeah. he came to the brigade. And I just remember he would always use my first name. So happy. Like, hey, Severin. <laughs> I just <laughs> thought that was just so funny. Um, but just those are the type of situations those are the type of people we get to make connections with because of what you all created. I want to tell you the secret behind that. We love that particular group of students because we know right off the gate, once they come into the brigade, 
their salary is 60 some thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. They just got to get through their course and get through probation and then they up to some number. Yeah. It's our job and responsibility to make sure that they pass that EMT portion of the fire academy. Yep. And the fact that we saw Palmer and his classmates all pass and graduate. Yeah. And know that, you know, we just had a little secret recipe in there and watched them just grow and flourish. They all stopped by the um, brigade last week, this week, I'm sorry, this week after the service. And it was just so touching, you know, just to see them minus one. It yeah. was, you know, like because they wow. came through tough. They they came through deep. It was it was like all of them when we were doing the tutoring session. So yes, so you know that tutoring session at the brigade is life changing. That's all I can say. Okay. You all bring it. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna get ready to wrap it up. I mean, we could go on forever and ever and ever, but we do want to have a part two where we have Lieutenant Q when he gets the opportunity to come back and speak for himself. So. Before we go, Jabray, I'm going to go to you first. Um, any, well, since you like come back and punch the kids in the head if they ain't doing <laughs> what they're supposed to do, what words of wisdom do you have for people in the service and those trying to get into the service? Um, I would say stay focused, uh, play time later. Um, focus on your career first, and then you can have fun afterwards. I love that. I tell them now I say you, when they are already in the academy I'm like just shut it down for nine six months yeah. uh, and and it'll be greater later believe me trust me it's, it's hard but if you got like a girlfriend that's not your wife tell her hey we might have to chill out for a while if you got yeah. a boyfriend that's not giving you a ring hey dude you might have to beat it for a little while nerd so um <laughs> Javar, how about you? Any words of wisdom that you'd like to pass on? Um, I, I don't know about it if it's words of wisdom, more just a, a, a thought process. Just don't don't get down on yourself. Um, keep striving for greatness. Um, there's another day, and every day you 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 have on this earth, you have the opportunity to do something. Um, as small as it may be, you can you have the opportunity to do something. So keep keep doing it. Keep doing it. I like that. Um, Terry, I'm not gonna ask you that question because <laughs> I wanted to get I just wanted to get it from the students to yes. see what see what their words are. Because you're probably gonna be back again, or you can send it through Q if you got anything extra. Yes, sir. Um, but for all three of you guys, is there any question that I should have asked that I didn't ask? Something that you really wanted to say that I didn't hit you with? No, not really. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. Okay. Um, for the people that uh, like stop that EMT, don't want to be a paramedic, uh, I always want to ask them like, what's stopping you? And, That's a uh, great question. And, uh, yeah, you should probably ask. You know, you probably could have asked it like, what, what, what? Why didn't you do this straight out of high school? What stopped you? What's prolonged and everything? I have a mini answer for you. <laughs> Just a mini answer. Um. For me, nothing stopped me. I knew what I wanted to do. And I learned this in a class for teaching. You have to ask someone to like really dig deep for their reasoning for wanting to be a paramedic. EMT, that's the introduction. And, you know, you get to learn. You know what to do. You, It's a great skill to have. It's a great place to be at. But why stop there when you can know more? Um Again, for me, I can only speak for myself. I remember the day I said I'm going to be a paramedic. I went on a run as an EMT. A lady was having a heart attack. She was on the ground. And EMTs now have so many more skills than when I went to EMT school. When I went to EMT school, we were like just taking blood pressures and, and, and putting Band-Aids on stuff. Now you guys have to know body systems, know how blood travels through the heart. You guys have to know drug interactions for the drugs that you are able to give and everything else. But when I saw this lady on the ground and it was nothing I could do other than regular CPR, I couldn't tube her, I couldn't start an IV. Um, we didn't have AEDs at the time. I just had to do it. And people was around like, I'm glad that ain't my mother, glad that ain't mine. Because if it was, I'd be mad. And I just felt so bad that I couldn't do more. 
the next day I went to the um, college and signed up for paramedic school. <laughs> um, I said, because I'm going to know what to do or how to do, even if I ain't got nothing but a straw and a paper clip like MacGyver. I'm going to know how to do something or at least make it look like something. Um, but a lot, a lot of times it really, truly, honestly does depend on the department that you're on. Um, just where you're at if you want to continue or not. But I think like kind of like you're saying, if you're gonna be EMT, why stop there? Why not keep going? Just at least get the knowledge. At least go to school to see you don't like it. Is what I say. So sound good. Sounds Answer good. to you guys. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you again for coming and being on my podcast. I really, really appreciate it more than you know. More than words can really put into my appreciation. You guys were great. You guys are awesome. Um. If you would like to get more information about the Black Fire Brigade, please, you can hit me or Terry. She has all the contact information, and I know you know it off the top of your head. So can you give it to us, please? You can just visit us online, www.blackfirebrigade.com. Visit us on Facebook and Instagram, Black Fire Brigade. Yeah. And those, especially Instagram, have some great videos. That's one thing. Another thing I wanted to bring up, especially with you, Jabray, um, the fact that you guys have class A uniforms and know how to step off. And y'all were the pallbearers for one of the funerals that I saw online. So mm -hmm. you guys, I shout out to you. Salute to you. Thank you very much. Um Again, thanks for listening to this episode of Department 3C Presents, a podcast connected to fire. You can connect with us on all socials at Department 3C. That's Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. And if you want to connect with me personally, my name is at IamSevy, I-A-M-S-E-V-Y, on all socials as well. And I look forward to hearing from you. Any feedback is what I would like to hear Website, department3c.com, and email info at department3c.com. With that being said, thanks for listening. Check you out next time. Happy New Year. Bye.